are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. This is a Wednesday edition of the show, but we also have a show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. This episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. This is a Wednesday edition of LOE, and what we're going to get into today, since it is kind of the halfway point of the 2021 NFL season, normally it's, you know, eight weeks through the year is the midway point with a traditional 16-game schedule, but now that it's 17 games, you know, there is no week eight and a half. So we'll say that at three and six through nine weeks of the season, the Eagles are at the halfway point of the season. And so I decided to do some mid-season awards. We'll go through the MVP of the season so far, the rookie of the year, the bust of the year, the unsung hero, the guy that's earning that contract extension more than anybody else, the player that's in a contract year that is doing the most to get that bag in the 2022 offseason, and also the breakout player. So that's what's coming up on this edition of Locked on Eagles. And it was an interesting, um, I would say, activity to go through, I would say, this exercise and see who I listed as the winner of these awards. It's really not players that you would think, I think for a few of these, they're not names that you normally talk about, especially over the past few years with the Eagles. These were not long-term core pieces, but now they are a piece of that puzzle either in the long-term and or the short-term that have really either earned their role with this team through nine weeks or, you know, in the case of a few, have played their way out of a role that maybe the team had created for them. And so that's what we're going to get into on this edition of Locked on Eagles. Yesterday we did week nine stock up, stock down. Gino did the recap of the heartbreaking loss to the Chargers 27 to 24 on Monday. Again, you can find all of our shows wherever you get your podcast platforms. Let's kick it off. I want to start off our midseason awards. And I think the first guy that we have to talk about is the most valuable player. And who is the most valuable player? That is, to me, a really good question. Normally, it is the quarterback. And although Jalen Hurts has been used more than outside of the last two weeks, when it comes to just like the amount of yardage of the offense, the production that is made up by one guy, Jalen Hurts has made up more of the Eagles' offensive production than most quarterbacks in the league. Like his usage rate, if you will, to go into NBA terms would be on the James Harden, Russell Westbrook level. But at the same time, I think that what Jalen Hurts has been doing, even in games you're winning, it's good, but it's not great. You're not winning a lot of the time because of Jalen Hurts. You're not always losing because of Jalen Hurts. But I think right now he's a quarterback more that you're winning or losing with and not because of. And so is that the most valuable player? If you take away Jalen Hurts and let's say you put a guy out there like, I don't know, I mean, who's another, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater, 
Um, is this team where they are right now? Probably. Are they maybe even better? I'm not sure. So while Jalen Hurts hasn't been holding this team back to a certain level, I don't think he's been the Jenga piece of this team. Like if you take away Jalen Hurts, they're just not the same. And suddenly they're in 0-9 team or they're a 1-8 team. I don't think he is the MVP. To me right now, the MVP is on the offense still, but it's in the middle of the field on the offensive line. It's Jason Kelsey. I think Jason Kelsey has been the most valuable player to the Philadelphia Eagles so far through nine weeks. It's going to be a sad day when Jason Kelsey finally retires because he is still at the height of his powers and his abilities as one of the best centers, one of the best offensive linemen in football. And he's been that player for a decade now. He's still right now. He's the second highest graded center in the NFL, according to pro football focus. And it's not just about the effectiveness when he's on the field. It's the fact that he's always on the field. There's so many coaches that say the best ability is availability. And while Everybody else on the offensive line has gotten hurt. Jordan Maialata, Isaac Sayamalu, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. Don't want to say Lane Johnson got hurt, but he was dealing with some mental health issues that kept him out of the lineup. Everybody has missed time except for Jason Kelsey. And yet, this offensive line hasn't skipped a beat. Do you have to give credit to Jeff Stoutland? 100%. We do that a lot on this show. Do you have to give credit to Andre Dillard for improving? Yes. The versatility of Jack Driscoll? Yes. The underrated play of Nate Herbig? 100%. The versatility of Jordan Maialata going from left tackle to right tackle when they needed him when Lane Johnson was out? 100%. These are all reasons that the Eagles' offensive line has not skipped a beat despite having a number of different offensive line combinations. But... The biggest factor to me over all of those is the consistent presence in the middle of Jason Kelsey being your quarterback on the offensive line, holding everything together in the middle when everything on his left and everything on his right has been inconsistent. And that has been the way it's been for two years now, right? Last year, 14 different offensive line combinations that Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts had to deal with. But the one consistent thing about all those combinations is that Jason Kelsey was always out there. And so he is such a crucial piece. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, roster building, the philosophy of building an NFL team and building an offensive line, I think center is not the number one spot that teams look at, right? It's left tackle. It's the two tackle spots for sure. Even right tackle now with so many top tier edge rushers playing on the edge, or I should say on the right side. But at the same time, when you have a guy this good in the center, it is such a benefit to a team. And I hope that Landon Dickerson or Isaac Sayamalu, whoever they put at center when Kelsey finally ret retires, can match half of what Jason Kelsey is to this football team, not just on the field, but off the field, the leadership of this guy, even when the core changes, he is that consistent presence on offense, kind of like Brandon Graham is on defense. I don't think anybody else should ever wear number 62 again. And I hope he keeps it going. It's kind of like Jason Peters. I kept understanding why the Eagles would run it back and run it back and run it back with JP. Because when you have a Hall of Fame player on your offensive line, you want to milk that for as long as he can play. And as long as he can play, of course, at a top level. And right now, Jason Kelsey is playing at a top level. And I think he is 100% your MVP. One other, before we take a break, another award to give out here for mid-season awards, and it's Rookie of the Year. And 
the last few years, there haven't really been any good rookies, and that's been really brutal to swallow considering Howie Roseman has missed out on a lot of these free agent signings. Um, the core got older. He banked on a lot of these veterans to still be good for years, and the veterans he did double down on really didn't produce in that way. And at wide receivers specifically, like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside did not replace Alshon Jeffrey's production. Um, Jalen Rager did not replace Deshaun Jackson's production. But finally, it looks like the Eagles got this position right in the draft, and it's with currently the rookie of the year so far through the midway point. It's Devontae Smith. And I think Devontae Smith has been everything that was advertised out of this kid coming out of the 2020 draft, 2021, when he won the Heisman and the Eagles moved up from the 12th overall pick to the 10th to draft him. Right now, despite, like we said on the show yesterday, tough circumstances to deal with on this offense, Devontae Smith is still on pace for 72 receptions this year, 1,014 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. That's going to break if he continues on that pace Deshaun Jackson's rookie receiving record, which is 912 yards in 2008. He would also be nine receptions just short of Keith Jackson's rookie reception record that was set in the 80s. And yet, I I feel like he's still, considering those impressive numbers, he's still not involved enough. I really think that there's way more to be had. Like you see what Jamar Chase is doing in Cincinnati. Is that historic? Yeah, absolutely. Would Devontae Smith be doing that? I'm not so sure, but you give Devontae Smith, Joe Burrow. And to me, he's as good, if not better than Jamar Chase. I really do believe that. And you're seeing it despite having a quarterback that's limited, despite having a play caller that's more focused when it comes to manufactured touches and focusing on you know creating for a receiver, they're more focused on Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins, guys that can't win as traditionally in the sense as Devontae Smith can. Despite those things being the case, he's still on pace for those numbers. It's so impressive, and it feels so great to finally have a wide receiver one that's in his rookie year. I think, to be honest with you, I mean, we talk about how this will be the first time that an Eagles receiver has over 1,000 yards in seven years since Jeremy Macklin in 2014, but go beyond Jeremy Macklin, go beyond Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. I think Devontae Smith is the most complete wide receiver the Eagles have had since Terrell Owens, and that's saying a lot. Terrell Owens is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Devontae, I think he could have a Hall of Fame career. I think how he got it right, it sucks that it had to take three two top two round picks to finally get it right. You wish you could have got it right the first time and used those picks on the defense when they're dying for young talent right now on that side of the ball, but they did get it right with Devontae Smith. He has definitely so far been the rookie of the year on both sides of the football. Guys, today's edition of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents in cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. Again, just download the app for free and use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And guess what? There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. 
Just download the free GetUpside app today and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN. This is Locked On Eagles, guys. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. We're doing mid-season awards, and we so far have done two players that have won awards on the offensive side of the football. I think center Jason Kelsey has been the MVP so far of the early 2021 season, and I think the rookie of the year, although Landon Dickerson has been on a clinic the last few weeks at left guard, although Kenneth Gainwell did some really good things early on in the season as you know the number two behind Miles Sanders. Although you have seen some great things out of those other rookies, and you've seen you know some flashes out of Milton Williams, none of them have matched the value in the production so far of wide receiver Devontae Smith, who's definitely the rookie of the mid-year point so far in 2021. Let's continue these awards. Let's keep it going with to me, the bust of the year so far. And you hate to say it, but it's the case. Considering the high hopes we had for him in training camp in the preseason, he was having an incredible camp, an incredible summer, making highlight reel plays. He's a former first-round pick. You're thinking, okay, with Devontae Smith now in-house, the pressure is off of him. He can be your you know, 2017 Nelson Aguilar, Jalen Rager, right? That was kind of the potential for him. And that has not been the case at all for Jalen Rager. Again, it's like, I don't know. I mean, getting Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins makes it a lot easier to swallow how bad Rager has been, but that doesn't make this pick any less awful. I mean, two years in a row, this team picked a bust at this position with a bunch of studs around him at wide receiver going behind him, right? Brandon Ayuk was for the taking. Justin Jefferson was for the taking. I think LaVisca Chanel has been disappointing this year in Jacksonville, but I think he's better than Jalen Rager. T Higgins went behind him. KJ Hamler when healthy has been better than Jalen Rager. They have, I mean, he's not even what Nicole Hardman is for the chiefs. And again, with Devontae Smith's presence in Philadelphia. Now we talk about it all the time, how the expectations and the role could change for Rager, and that could help him be more productive for this football team. And yet, he hasn't even been that for you. I mean, that's the thing is, we all had reservations even at the time that he was drafted about Rager potentially being a true wide receiver one, right? That's not why we wanted him on the podcast. That's not why the Eagles wanted him. It was about his speed. It was about his ability to be a deep threat, right? It was the fact they wanted a Tyree Kill to go along with their Travis Kelsey, if you would, right? Dallas Goddard, and at the time, Zach Ertz. But even a guy that could just produce chunk plays, maybe a one-trick pony in that sense, someone with this speed is not even doing that. So not only is he not becoming a complete wide receiver, which you would want out of a first-round pick, but he's not even performing in the area that's supposed to be a strength, which is explosive plays, run after the catch ability, deep yardage. It's been non-existent. It's been all Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and heck, even Dallas Goddard in that area. For someone with that kind of straight-line speed, you would expect much more in that area out of Rager, but he's averaging among the lowest yards per reception among all qualifying receivers in 2021. And I, I think the other issue is too, when it comes to that lack of explosive ability, number one, he just can't really separate down the field consistently. Number two, it's, and it kind of goes hand in hand with that inability to separate for as fast as Jalen Rager is just straight line speed. 
He doesn't have that wiggle, the fluid hips, the explosive footwork that Devontae Smith has, that a Quez Watkins have. He doesn't have that wiggle, if you will, to make guys miss. And so that's why I think, too, that Rager isn't producing in that area like those guys are. He has straight line speed, but when it comes to making guys miss or separating in man coverage, press coverage, Rager is not getting it done in that area. That was a key weakness of his coming out of TCU, and that continues to be the case that it seemed like his route running was improving this summer thanks to Nick Sirianni, but you watch the tape week after week, and it looks the same as 2020, if not worse. So to me, unfortunately, for two years in a row, this team just totally botched the wide receiver position, and it's why they had to make up for it again and take Devontae Smith. But Jalen Rager is definitely, to me, so far, the bust of 2021. And there's still time. Some receivers take a while. Nelson Aguilar took until year three in 2017. But again, I said it yesterday on the show. The difference is the first two years with Nelly, he was in a role that he just wasn't fit for as an outside X-wide receiver. Whereas, And then the roles change, right? He was a slot guy used the way Rager is being used now. And that's the issue is, the Eagles already in year two recognized who Rager is and what his strengths are and weaknesses. And they've tried to take the Nelson Aguilar strategy that Doug Peterson used. And it still is not resulting in even the production that Nelly had, not just in 2017, but even in 2018, you're not getting even 2018 Nelson Aguilar out of Jalen Rager. And you would want that at least bare minimum at the floor for a first round wide receiver. Jalen Rager, the bus so far of the midway point, of the 2021 season. Let's go to another award here before we take a break and head into segment three. It's the Unsung Hero Award, and it goes to offensive lineman Jack Driscoll. And I was going to maybe give it to, it was I was going back and forth. It was between Jack Driscoll and it was between two linebackers, actually, Davian Taylor and TJ Edwards. But I talked so much about Taylor and Edwards in Stock Up, Stock Down yesterday that I thought it was, a good time to give the spotlight to Jack Driscoll in his second year as an offensive lineman, considering what they've asked him to do. Jack Driscoll has exceeded expectations as a late fourth round draft pick. Jack Driscoll, I think Mike K of NJ.com said it best when he compared Driscoll and his role to what Halapuli Vadi Vaitai used to mean for this team. He is that new swing offensive lineman that we need help at right guard. I'm your man. We need help at right tackle. I'm your man. Maybe even in a pinch, we need you on the left side. I think they trust Jack Driscoll a lot. And I think he is that guy now that, I mean, you're seeing it. Even as good as I've thought Nate Herbig has been at right guard when he's on the field, they trust Jack Driscoll more. Right now, he is the starting right guard over Herbig. And it's not just right guard, though. They've asked him to go to right tackle. Throughout the last two years, the amount of times he's gone back and forth from right tackle to right guard, and the fact that Driscoll still has a certain floor of consistency to his play, for a player that young to put all that on his plate, it's impressive that he's doing as well as he is. I mean, it's not easy. Look at Andre Dillard, a first-round talent. The guy can't play anything but left tackle. It's not easy to switch back and forth even from one tackle spot to another. Driscoll's changing positions entirely. And the fact that he's holding his own is impressive. And I think it shouldn't go unnoticed. His value to this offensive line, especially considering the consistent injuries to this unit. And so I thought about this long term. Like, let's say for the future, you have Jordan Maialata, 
Isaac Sayamalu, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, right? Those are your four guys. Those are your four staples long-term on the offensive line. If Jack Driscoll is that fifth player, let's say he his future is consistently at the guard spot at right guard, that's fine. Jack Driscoll is your fifth guy on an offensive line is fine. Is he Brandon Brooks? Will he ever be Brandon Brooks? I don't think so. Does he have the upside of a Landon Dickerson or heck, even an Andre Dillard? No, but a Jack Driscoll, kind of like Big V, is very, very valuable to an offensive line. When a guy can switch back and forth different positions like that, when he's available, when you need him, that is very important, especially for a team like the Eagles that have had just the worst luck with injuries on the offensive line. I think Jack Driscoll has been the unsung hero so far of the 2021 season. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles, ooh, it's sponsored by the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar, guys. These things are incredible. It's a protein bar, but it's in candy bar form. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but like I said, it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, just plain hard to choke down, right? Well, a Built Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. The best part of it, it tastes like a candy bar, but health-wise, it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's low in carbs, it's low in calories, low in fat, low in sugars, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors as well. That's the one other great thing about Built Bar. Well, there's so many other great things about it, but they've got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia, something for every taste bud. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. Right now, it's coconut brownie bite. Oh my gosh, I had one this morning. They have real bits of brownies at the top of the bar. (laughs) Guys, you got to check this out. I can get you 15% off today at Built.com when you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at Built.com and you'll get 15% off your next order. This is Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. Guys, we thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day throughout the week, Monday through Friday. We are available on all platforms. We are doing midseason awards. So far, MVP goes to center Jason Kelsey. Rookie of the year goes to wide receiver Devontae Smith. Bust of the year, unfortunately, goes to wide receiver Jalen Rager. And then the Unsung Hero Award went to offensive lineman Jack Driscoll. I have two more awards to give out before I end the show and starting off here with our first award in segment three. It's the breakout player of the year so far. And uh, this is the third award that's going out to a wide receiver. And this time it goes to Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins is everything, honestly, that Jalen Rager has not been. Thank God for Watkins development, considering Rager has not panned out. And not just Jalen Rager, but considering J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has not panned out. Considering Travis Fulgham didn't become what you thought he was going to be after last year setting the league on fire in October and November. The fact that in the sixth round, you found a guy like this that's one of the most explosive players in football, that's on pace for over 700 receiving yards, that through the first five weeks of the season was on pace for 900-plus, is tremendous. Thank God they found him or else they'd be in a deep hole because without Watkins at wide receiver right now, it would be Devonte Smith, 
Devontae Smith and only Devontae Smith. But Quez Watkins is a core piece that I think in this position you can build around. Is he a true wide receiver too? I think it would go back and forth. I think he's a complete receiver that can continue to develop and yeah, become a two next to a star wide receiver one like Devontae Smith. But if even if he's your third target and you bring in a veteran this summer, or I should say this spring, right in free agency, or if you draft another receiver in the, in the draft with one of those picks that you have, you have a lot of picks this year. If he's a top three guy, that's a good position to be in. I think he's someone that it's time to start prioritizing over Jalen Rager when it comes to finding ways to get him the football, even though he's not the first round player that Rager was when it comes to the asset you, you know, invested in him. He is what you wanted Jalen Rager to be. So you have it at least, you know, the guy that you expected to become that player is not who is the player, but Hey, at least you do have that player again, uh, Watkins on pace for over 700 receiving yards this year through the first five weeks he was on pace for, he was pushing a thousand. I mean, the, the thing though, unfortunately the last few weeks is he only has six catches in the last three games, but that's more to me. It's not on his inability to separate and create plays. It, it more so has to do with the quarterback and the change in the offensive philosophy, right? This team is going much more traditional under center. They're running the football at an extremely high clip the last two weeks. They're running a lot of traditional play action, like I said. They're targeting Devontae Smith a lot. They're targeting Dallas Goddard a lot. They're getting the running backs involved. So as Sirianni said the other day, you know, there's only one football, and some guys, you know, the sacrifice is going to be there when it comes to their touches. And as of right now, I don't think that's going to continue all year, but right now, Quez Watkins is kind of getting the short end of the stick. But, I mean, again, he's also top five in yards per reception. You add a veteran receiver this offseason, go with – Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and that pickup. And that's a trio right there that the next quarterback or Jalen Hurts can continue to grow with and definitely have it be a strength of this football team. I think Quez Watkins has been such a nice surprise. And even for me, like I loved Quez coming out of Southern Mississippi. He was definitely a my guy. I didn't think he would make even this kind of jump in year two already. But thank God he did because Jalen Rager didn't do it. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside didn't do it. And uh, Travis Fulgham didn't do it either. So hats off to Quez Watkins. So far, I think he is the breakout player of the 2021 season. All right, guys, one more award for you. And it's coming down to who is earning that contract extension. Who is the player that's in a contract year that is showing the Eagles or just any other team in the NFL that it's time to pay up? I think that player, and there's a few guys, like I thought about cornerback Avante Maddox on the defensive side of the football, but I think the guy that's earning that extension is tight end Dallas Goddard. I mean, the Eagles traded away one of the best tight ends of all time, one of the best players in Eagles history, a guy that caught the game-winning touchdown in their first ever Super Bowl. That is still a damn good player in Zach Ertz for Goddard. So they showed the investment in Dallas, and he has been everything they would hope him he would be. Howie Roseman even said it after they traded Ertz in an interview, like it's time now to see Dallas Goddard go out there and earn that contract because they know it's not going to be a hometown discount. He's going to get paid like maybe not Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, but he's going to get a Mark Andrews-like contract. And he's an unrestricted free agent, so there's going to be no discount. The Eagles are going to have to pay up, and I think they should pay him whatever he wants. 
He's on pace for an 800-yard season right now. Since week seven, Goddard has the third most receiving yards for a tight end with 185. He's second in the NFL for tight ends in yard per, uh, yards per catch with 15.42. Explosive plays down the field, run after the catch ability. He's an elite blocker. Having a tight end with all those abilities is such a luxury. And again, considering the unknown still at the wide receiver position and even the running back position as well, it's really nice to know you have a security blanket in Dallas Goddard that also doesn't just offer you know the secure play moving the chains, but he offers the explosive play. That's an all-around weapon that could justify a contract like Travis Kelsey got or like George Kittle got, a wide receiver-like contract that goes to a tight end. Zach Ertz, for as good as he was, he didn't really offer that part of being a tight end. The explosive plays, the run after the catch ability on top of being an elite blocker. The production was there, but you know, production isn't just always production. How you're producing does matter too, at least when it comes to the money you're investing in him. Like If you're going to pay a guy top wide receiver money or really good wide receiver two money, he's got to be able to do a lot of things. A lot of things that a wide receiver could do. And Dallas Goddard can do that. And I think so far he's the player the most, I mean, especially over, I mean, Devontae Maddox is there. De Derek Barnett's not earning that contract at all. Um, Jordan Maialata already got his. Josh Sweat already got his. It's time now to pay Dallas Goddard. He is earning that extension in a contract year. Guys, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Eagles. Once again, we thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. We are available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBLCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. I'm Lou DBLC signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds.